I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wake up, daddy some. in our series of retro Avengers reviews, for lack of a better title of what these <laughs> are, uh, is Iron Man 2, uh, second in the Iron Man series, obviously Tony start, start returning as Iron Man. And John Favreau, the director, returned for Iron Man 2 as well. Yes. A pair of them came back. Uh, Someone who didn't come back was Terence Howard, of course, but... Uh, Yes. Again, we do talk about that in the uh, retro review that we've got. Yeah, and uh, an interesting casting choice uh, um, and in change of direction with that character as well. Uh, this will feature, obviously, like the previous reviews, clips of the movie, the trailer, a retro review from us. Yeah, and a retrospective review this time with Leighton from At Last Film Seen on Twitter. He recorded this podcast live from India. Yes, uh, so, the rooftop of a fort in yes, India. Yes, so we are <laughs> we are truly global, as we have now had people record this podcast from <laughs> India and the Isle of Man. Yeah, that's true. Matt yeah. is from the Isle of Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, James doing it from his uh, car on his driveway. Yes, yeah, pretty, we've pretty had, exotic. Yes, we have had uh, a car on a driveway in Leicester, <laughs> a fort in India, and... Uh, hovel on the Isle of Man um, anyway we'll, on to the, the review of Iron Man 2 then and the retrospective uh, podcast and uh, this is the trailer for Iron Man 2 if you can make God bleed people will cease to believe in him States of America. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Contrary to popular belief, 
I know exactly what I'm doing. What? What I saw you do to Tony Stark on that track? Wow. You need my resources. I want to make Iron Man look like an antique. This whole lone gunslinger act's unnecessary. You don't have to do this alone. Now, I went into Iron Man 2 with low expectations because everyone told me it was a bad film. And that helped because I quite liked Iron Man 2. Um, I, I won't go too, into too much detail because we've got a load of Iron Man to come. But I thought, yeah, the plot was creaky. Um, there were a few bits that didn't really make sense. But Robert Downey Jr., uh, Sam Rockwell and uh, Mickey Rourke and Don Cheadle I really like their performances, and to me, that just about carried the film. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think they yeah, do. Cool. Yeah, the story doesn't really um, push the envelope or do anything spectacular. You know, it's just a very basic Iron Man story. And I think what, yeah. what it addressed that wasn't so much in the first film is they had. I think it, they had um, Iron Man on screen a lot more than they did in the first film because the first film was great with Tony Stark. Yeah, and in that one, I think they just tried to go a bit to. Um, you know, lots of gimmicks about his costume and stuff. And it it looked great. It was very cool. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I did quite like the little suitcase that turns into an Iron Man suit. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they just went too far in the, in the wrong direction there. They're coming in hot. Any second. What's the play? Well, we want to take the high ground, okay? So let's okay. put the biggest gun up on that ridge. Gotcha. Where do you want to be? Where are you going? What are you talking about? I mean, you have a big gun. You are not the big gun. Tony, don't be jealous. No, it's subtle, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's called being a badass. Fine. Hello, yes. Uh, welcome to this section of the Fail Critics podcast. This is uh, the moment where we'll be looking at uh, Iron Man 2 in a bit more detail than our retro review. Uh, I'm Owen Hughes. Uh, I'm joined by Leighton, who's making his debut on the podcast. So, hello, Leighton. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, sort of where you are would be a good point because I think you're the furthest away we've ever had someone <laughs> appear on the podcast from. Yeah, I'm in uh, Jaisalmer, which is in India, and I'm on the rooftop of a hostel in a fort, <laughs> yeah. looking out at the town. That's pretty cool. I think we've had James appear on the podcast from his car in his driveway that's about as exotic yeah. as we've been before so that's pretty pretty impressive okay so what's your sort of relationship with the marvel films do you read comics um which which of the films have you seen really um i've seen them all i've seen i think up until uh agents of shield season two because i've been away traveling and i think i own everything on dvd except what came out since I was away, so I've got some catching up to do. But I've seen everything at least twice and probably five, six times, to be honest. So it's kind of fair to say you're a fan of the films, so in general. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed, mainly with well, uh, the kind of the shared universe and the and how it's just expanding and the callbacks, just the whole thing, really. Yeah, because you've got a massive list on Letterbox, haven't you? You've got. Um, well, do you want to uh, yeah, just give well, a little bit of a plug for where you are, and, and we'll talk about the letterbox stuff as well. Oh yeah, on letterbox I'm uh, Mook, which is M O O K, and on Twitter I'm Laugh Film Scene, 
which is basically just spoiler free, uh, spoiler free tweets of my last film scene. What Do you get got? to see many while you're on, in India, by the way? Yeah, kind of. Um, in a lot, uh, Cambodia, quite a lot. There's um, you get HBO in a lot of the hostel rooms, so I managed to catch up with quite a few films. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy again on a bus in Thailand, <laughs> which was quite nice. Not the ideal way to watch it, but you yeah, take what you can get, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it killed a couple of hours, so yeah. No, that was quite good. Yeah. So this list that you're sort of cultivating yeah, on Letterboxd, what, what's yeah. that about? Well, it's when I used to have a job, um, I had quite a bit of free time in it, and mainly for my own benefit, I just started listing all the uh, connections and references and Easter eggs between all the films. And obviously, that's, at the start, that's quite straightforward. But now it's just getting more and more uh, complex. It's but, almost a yeah. full-time job, isn't it? Just yeah. keeping track of them all, yeah. Yeah, so I'm already a series behind on S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Agent Carter. So I've got some work to do when I get back. Yeah, uh, and but probably by the time you get back, I assume they'll have put all these film, uh, TV shows onto Netflix as well, so you'll have yeah. even more to catch yeah, up Daredevil, on. Yeah, Daredevil will be out. I have to buy Netflix oh. when I get back. <laughs> yeah, okay, excellent. Well, um, let's get straight into to Iron Man 2 in that case then. So, a uh, very leading question to start with, but do you like Iron Man 2? Yeah, it's obviously not as good as the first one but then sequels rarely are. And it's probably not as good as the third one, but I think it does what I, what you want a sequel to do. It progresses the story, you learn more about the character, there's more stuff going on. Yeah. And then also, it was only the third film in the MCU, so it has a bit of sort of legwork to do to help expand that and set up the Avengers, which I think it does without sacrificing, you know, being a sequel. By itself. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think it gets a little bit of an unfair reputation for being, um, well, you know, some of the, the criticisms people have, have um, thrown at it about it being a bit superficial, maybe a bit shallow, quite flashy. Um, but I, I, I think part of that is to do with the fact that it is this in-between film. And they yeah. were trying to obviously continue the Iron Man stories, which is great because Iron Man 2 is basically Iron Man just being Iron Man for a bit, you know, dealing yeah. with problems Six like... later. Exactly, yeah, you know, dealing with um, the fact that the, the thing that in, that's in his chest, the thing that keeps him alive is kind of poisoning him, slowly killing him. You've yeah. also got a new bad guy in Whiplash who's out to just attack Tony Stark and, you know, Sam Rockwell as well as Hammer, who, who's um, a rival business competitor who's trying to to take out Tony as well and, and take out Stark Industries. So there's quite a lot going on. Um, yeah. And also they add War Machine, so it's like another version of Iron Man, you know, more of what was in the first one. Precisely, yeah. And that's another criticism that, that I've seen labelled, that I've, I've seen attached to this, was that it basically is just a big, long action film and there's not much yeah. else to it. But I think they do the action parts in the film very well, particularly the, the stuff with War Machine. You know, where they have the, the fight against all the drones towards the end yeah. of the film. It's yeah. fantastic. It's what, I mean, it's a very short scene, but it's one of the best action scenes that's been in any of the Iron Man films or any of the Avengers films, maybe. Yeah, um, but thinking back to the first film, you only really get you get Iron Man against Iron Munger. Mm-hmm. And I can't, even though I've seen it loads, I can't think of any major action scenes. 
Whereas in the no, second one, the... you've got Iron Man against War Machine. You've got both of them against drones. You've got both of them against Whiplash. You've got Iron Man against Whiplash. You know, I think they delivered what you want from a sequel. Definitely. And also, you know, like you said, they expand on, on what, what was um, in the previous film. So they bring in like... I did, I watched it again recently. And it's only on a rewatch I realised just how much Black Widow is in it. You know, how much yeah. Scarlett Johansson's in, in the film. She is basically one of the central characters to the film. And she herself has quite a few action sequences. Like um, when she's beating up people in the corridor and things. Yeah. And, you know, you've got uh, John Favreau who's making his cameo as happy <laughs> the security guy. And he's having yeah. a scrap and she just takes out about a dozen guys in the same amount of time. And... Um, it's got a lot of humour in it, I think, as well, these action, yeah. these action sequences. And, I think uh, she sort of has the same... She has a similar role. She does that in, what, Iron Man 2, Avengers, and Captain America 2. Like, quite a fairly large sort of supporting player, which I quite like. I like the idea she's sort of jumping between films, mm. which I think is something they should do more. Um, I guess they're doing with Iron Man being in Civil War and, you know, sort of little crossovers and team-ups. Yeah, because we don't need Iron Man 4 or Iron Man 5, but it'd be quite good just to have him popping up every so often. Yeah, well, you know, Iron Man will probably play quite a central part in the uh, Captain America 3, because, you know, Civil yeah. War is basically a big fight between yeah. Captain America and, and Iron Man. BTW, <laughs> big story, the new C. Wake up, daddy some. in our series of retro Avengers reviews, for lack of a better title of what these <laughs> are, uh, is Iron Man 2, uh, second in the Iron Man series, obviously Tony Stark returning as Iron Man. And John Favreau, the director, returned for Iron Man 2 as well. Yes. A pair of them came back. Uh, Someone who didn't come back was Terence Howard, of course, but... Uh, Yes. Again, we do talk about that in the uh, retro review that we've got. Yeah, and uh, an interesting casting choice uh, um, and a change of direction with that character as well. Uh, this will feature, obviously, like the previous reviews, clips of the movie, the trailer, a retro review from us. Yeah, and a retrospective review this time with Leighton from At Last Film Seen on Twitter. He recorded this podcast live from India. Yes, uh, so, the rooftop of a fort in yes, India. Yes, so we are <laughs> we are truly global, as we have now had people record this podcast from <laughs> India and the Isle of Man. Yeah, that's true. Matt yeah. is from the Isle of Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, James doing it from his uh, car on his driveway. Yes, pretty, we've pretty had, yes, we have had uh, a car on a driveway in Leicester, 
<laughs> I fought in India and uh, hovel on the Isle of Man. Um, anyway, we'll <laughs> on to the, the review of Iron Man 2 then and the retrospective uh, podcast. And uh, this is the trailer for Iron Man 2. If you can make God bleed, people will cease to believe in him. They will be blood in the water. And the sharks will come. turned over to the United States of America. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Contrary to popular belief, I know exactly what I'm doing. What? What I saw you do to Tony Stark on that track? Wow. You need my resources. I want to make Iron Man look like an antique. This whole lone gunslinger act unnecessary. You don't have to do this alone. Now, I went into Iron Man 2 with low expectations because everyone told me it was a bad film. And that helped because I quite liked Iron Man 2. Um, I won't go into too much detail because we've got a load of Iron Man to come. But I thought, yeah, the plot was creaky. Um, There were a few bits that didn't really make sense. But Robert Downey Jr., uh, Sam Rockwell and uh, Mickey Rourke and Don Cheadle I really like their performances, and to me, that just about carried the film. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think they yeah, do. Cool. Yeah, the story doesn't really um, push the envelope or do anything spectacular. You know, it's just a very basic Iron Man story. And I think what, yeah. what it addressed that wasn't so much in the first film is they had. I think it, they had um, Iron Man on screen a lot more than they did in the first film because the first film was great with Tony Stark. Yeah, and in that one, I think they just tried to go a bit too. Um, you know, lots of gimmicks about his costume and stuff. And it it looked great. It was very cool. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I did quite like the little suitcase that turns into an Iron Man suit. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they just went too far in the, in the wrong direction there. They're coming in hot. Any second, what's the play? Well, we want to take the high ground, okay? So let's get the biggest gun up on that ridge. Gotcha. Where do you want to be? Where are you going? What are you talking about? I you mean, have me. a big gun. You are not the big gun. Tony, don't be oh. jealous. No, it's subtle, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's called being a badass. Fine. Hello, yes. Uh, welcome to this section of the Fail Critics podcast. This is uh, the moment where we'll be looking at uh, Iron Man 2 in a bit more detail than our retro review. Uh, I'm Owen Hughes. Uh, I'm joined by Leighton, who's making his debut on the podcast. So, hello, Leighton. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, sort of where you are would be a good point because I think you're the furthest away we've ever had someone <laughs> appear on the podcast from. Yeah, I'm in uh, Jaisalmer, which is in India, and I'm on the rooftop of a hostel in a fort, <laughs> yeah. looking out at the town. That's pretty cool. I think we've had James appear on the podcast from his car in his driveway that's about as exotic yeah. as we've been before so that's pretty pretty impressive I've up the um, a bit. <laughs> yeah 
Uh, okay, so what's your sort of relationship with the Marvel films? Do you read comics? Um, which which of the films have you seen, really? Um, I've seen them all. I've seen everything up until uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two, because I've been away traveling. And I think I own everything on DVD except what came out since I was away. So I've got some catching up to do. But I've seen everything at least twice and probably five, six times, to be honest. So it's kind of fair to say you're a fan of the films in general? Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed, mainly with, well, uh, the kind of the shared universe and the how it's just expanding and the callbacks, just the whole thing, really. Yeah, because you've got a massive list on Letterboxd, haven't you? You've got. Um, uh, well, do you want to yeah, just well, give a little bit of a plug for where you are and, and we'll talk about the Letterboxd stuff as well? Oh, yeah. On Letterboxd, I'm uh, Mook, which is M-O-O-K, and on Twitter, I'm Laugh Film Scene, which is basically just spoiler-free uh, spoiler tweets of my last film scene. What Do you get to see many while you're in India, by the way? Yeah, kind of. Um, in a lot of uh, Cambodia, quite a lot, There's um, you get HBO in a lot of the hostel rooms, so I managed to catch up with quite a few films. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy again on a bus in Thailand, <laughs> which was quite nice. Not the ideal way to watch it, but... You yeah, take what you can than... get, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it killed a couple of hours, so yeah. No, that was quite good. Yeah, so this list that you're sort of cultivating yeah, yeah, on Letterboxd, what, what's yeah. that about? Well, it's when I used to have a job, um, I had quite a bit of free time in it, and mainly for my own benefit, I just started listing all the uh, connections and references and Easter eggs between all the films. And obviously, that's, at the start, that's quite straightforward. But now it's just getting more and more uh, complex. It's but, almost a yeah. full-time job, isn't it? Just keeping yeah. track of them all, yeah. Yeah, so I'm already a series behind on S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Agent Carter. So I've got some work to do when I get back. Yeah, yeah. and but probably by the time you get back, I assume they'll have put all these film, uh, TV shows onto Netflix as well. So you'll have yeah. even more to catch yeah, up Daredevil, on. Yeah, Daredevil will be out. I have to buy Netflix oh. when I get back. <laughs> yeah, okay, excellent. Well, um, let's get straight into to Iron Man 2 in that case then. So, a uh, very leading question to start with, but do you like Iron Man 2? Yeah, it's obviously not as good as the first one, but then sequels rarely are. And it's probably not as good as the third one, but I think it does what uh, what you want a sequel to do. It progresses the story, you learn more about the character, there's more stuff going on. Yeah. And then also, it was only the third film in the MCU, so it has a bit of sort of legwork to do to help expand that and set up the Avengers, which I think it does without sacrificing, you know, being a sequel by itself. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think it gets a little bit of an unfair reputation for being, um, well, you know, some of the, the criticisms people have, have um, thrown at it about it being a bit superficial, maybe a bit shallow, quite flashy. Um, but I, I, I think part of that is to do with the fact that it is this in-between film. And they yeah. were trying to obviously continue the Iron Man stories, which is great because Iron Man 2 is basically Iron Man just beating Iron Man for a bit, you know, dealing yeah. with problems Six like... Months later. Exactly, yeah, you know, dealing with um, the fact that the, the thing that in, that's in his chest, the thing that keeps him alive is kind of poisoning him, slowly killing him. You've yeah. also got 
a new bad guy in Whiplash who's out to just attack Tony Stark and, you know, Sam Rockwell as well as Hammer, who's um, a rival business competitor who's trying to to take out Tony as well and, and take out Stark Industries. So there's quite a lot going on. Um, yeah. And also they add War Machine, so it's like another version of Iron Man, you know, more of what was in the first one. Precisely, yeah. And that's another criticism that, that I've seen labelled, that I've, I've seen attached to this, was that it basically is just a big, long action film and there's not much yeah. else to it. But I think they do the action parts in the film very well, particularly the, the stuff with War Machine, you know, where they have the, the fight against all the drones. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Towards the end yeah. of the film. It's yeah. fantastic. It's what, I mean, it's a very short scene, but it's one of the best action scenes that's been in any of the Iron Man films or any of the Avengers films, maybe. Yeah, um, but thinking back to the first film, you only really get you get Iron Man against Iron Monger. Mm-hmm. And I can't, even though I've seen it loads, I can't think of any major action scenes. Whereas in the no, second one, the... you've got Iron Man against War Machine, you've got both of them against drones, you've got both of them against Whiplash, you've got Iron Man against Whiplash. You know, I think they delivered what you want from a sequel. Definitely. And also, you know, like you said, they expand on, on what, what was um, in the previous film? So they bring in like I did. I watched it again recently, and it's only on a rewatch I realised just how much Black Widow is in it. You know how much yeah. Scarlett Johansson's in in the film. She is basically one of the central characters to the film, and she herself has quite a few action sequences, like um, when she's beating up people in the corridor and things. Yeah. And, you know, you've got uh, John Favreau who's making his cameo as Happy, <laughs> the security guy, and he's having yeah. a scrap, and she just takes out about a dozen guys in the same amount of time. And um, it's got a lot of humour in it, I think, as well, these action, yeah. these action sequences. And, I think uh, she sort of has the same... She has a similar role. She does that in, what, Iron Man 2, Avengers, and Captain America 2. Like, quite a fairly large sort of supporting player, which I quite like. I like the idea she's sort of jumping between films, mm. which I think is something they should do more. Um, I guess they're doing with Iron Man being in Civil War and, you know, sort of little crossovers and team-ups. Yeah, because we don't need Iron Man 4, Iron Man 5, but it'd be quite good just to have him popping up every so often. Yeah, well, you know, Iron Man will probably play quite a central part in the uh, Captain America 3, because, you know, Civil yeah. War is basically a big fight between yeah. Captain America and an Iron Man. BTW, big story. The new CEO of Stark Industries. Congratulations. I know. My editor will kill me if I don't grab a quote for a powerful women issue. Oh, can I? Sure. Um, she's actually doing a big spread on me for Vanity Fair. Oh, I thought I I'd throw her a bone, you know. Right. Right? Yes. Well, she did quite a spread on Tony last year. And she wrote a story as well. It was very <clears throat> impressive. That was good. But yeah, I mean, um, just going back to Iron Man 2 for a second. I really like the performances. We talked a little bit about um, Black, Black Widow and, and Scarlett Johansson's very good as Black Widow in all of the films that she's been in, I think. Yeah. 
Don Cheadle, Tom Cheadle was very good as replacement for Terence Howard. As Rose. yeah, you did, you don't even think about that he's a replacement now. Exactly, he just is that guy. He is that yeah. character. Yeah. Although their relationship's very strange in the first two films, because they're they're supposed to be sort of big mates, but they're kind of not until the third film. Yeah. It's a definitely. weird kind of relationship between them. <laughs> it takes a really... little while for them to develop it properly, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, as the the bad guys, for want of a, a better phrase, as uh, Sam Rockwell as Hammer and and Mickey Rourke as uh, Whiplash as Ivan, they're yeah. both pretty good in those roles. I mean, Sam Rockwell in particular is well, great. Really it's all... He is really bad, yeah. But it's also quite interesting to see him playing a guy who's in someone else's shadow. He isn't the charismatic yeah. fella. He's, you know, he's jealous, he's envious of the, the charisma that, that Tony Stark has and yeah, people think, sort of are drawn to him. So I think it's a pretty good performance from, from Rockwell as, as well. I think a lot of the characters are versions of Stark or what Stark could have been or could be. Because mm. if you've got Hammer, who's sort of, I guess, what Stark was, developing weapons for the money, not really caring... Uh, you've got Whiplash, who's genius, but using it for evil. And then you've got uh, his dad in the sort of the flashback things. Yeah, um, John Slattery, I think, plays him. Yeah, in, uh, he's yeah. coming back for Ant-Man, I think. Oh, cool. is he? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, because I think they've got like the 60s set bit in Ant-Man. Yeah, because was it Dominic this... Cooper who played him in Yeah, he's the, nine, he's the 1940s one. And then they've got a different one for the sort of 60s, 70s. That'd be so cool, it's quite, yeah. It's quite nice I, they're keeping that in and sort of bringing it all round full circle. Yeah, nice and consistent, isn't it? It's also what um, uh, Iron Man 2 does quite well, is it? And why it's actually better when you watch it again is um, as the sort of the world and the universe sort of grows around it, it becomes more relevant and little things like um, when they're... Um, the government is sort of harassing him, trying to get the suit. Mm-hmm. And the senator, you later find out, is um, Hydra. Yeah, hell Hydra. Yeah, yeah so you realise <laughs> that now when you go back and watch it, it's not just, you know, the big bad government. It's yeah. actually Hydra working with, working behind <laughs> the government, trying to nick it. So it just adds extra layers to it. Do you, think that was, um, do you think that was something they were planning? or? No, not at the, the time. But yeah. obviously when you're writing it, when you're writing Captain America 2, you've got your film and you sort of know the massive timeline, mm. which must be fun to do. You can just add little bits in. and Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. And there's the whole um, thing with... I think the whole... They plan quite a lot of Captain America sort of things. When um, he opens up Howard Stark's... Uh, I think it's like a box or a locker. Mm. And there's loads of Captain America-related stuff, which at that point obviously hadn't come out. But now if you go back and watch them in like chronological order, there's Captain America, Iron Man, Iron Man 2. It sort of makes sense. You see um, all these like, stuff of the Hypercube, the old Captain America comic and stuff like that. But it also, I mean, the thing with, about Iron Man 2 as well is it, it does set up the future films quite well. You know, the, yeah. the post-credit stinger is um, Thor's hammer. So obviously yeah. we knew that was coming next, but um, yeah. that was a pretty cool moment at the time to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also there's the short film where Agent Coulson goes off to go and see Thor's hammer. Oh, yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, so yeah. then you realise, actually, <laughs> this, is, this is all happening at the same time. The reason yeah. he leaves 
So you see him leave in Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. and then he sort of reappears the next day in a completely different film, so it all helps kind of connect it together. Yeah, they're very good at intertwining all these different different stories. Yeah, there's it's, not pretty... too many sort of plot holes or cock-ups yet. They're doing quite well. I think you mentioned earlier the um, sort of the stuff that's killing uh, Tony Stark with like yeah. toxic stuff. I didn't mm-hmm. really like that. I, you didn't? Not really. I didn't think it was really needed. There's enough stuff going on and then it's just sort of finished. Black Widow just comes and stabs him in the neck and it's like, oh, that's done. It's a bit yeah. kind of... Did it, or did it really add anything? Well, he just it, the, you have, it brings the montage segment, doesn't it? <laughs> he has a montage yeah. where he creates a new element. And yeah, which is another uh, slightly dodgy moment. I think, I guess yeah. that plot, that sort of scene, are the only two bits. I just think, no, this <laughs> really works. Yeah. But no, I'd agree else, with I think, that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could have had just an, a normal emotional, you know, fracture yeah. or sort of and introducing these kind of breakdowns. The stuff they expand on in Iron Man three when he's having um, these panic attacks and stuff. Yeah, you know, just like, to gently feed that in rather than actual physical illness, you know. Yeah, or maybe done more of the um, alcoholic thing. Mm, yeah, is well, the demon in of... the bottles is a huge yeah, I mean, that's, story, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably a bit too full on for you know, a sort of family friendly. Yeah, uh, blockbuster, it but <laughs> they can't. They kind of touch on it a bit. The whole him blowing up melons at the party and so they and just like. Maybe the, the taking over the Formula One car as well at Monaco because he just yeah. uh, you know is seeking more thrills yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they could have done that more the um sort of him losing it rather than mm. the kind of silver line climbing up his neck. Yeah. So how does Iron Man two fit in to your opinion of the films as a whole? I mean, what's what's your favourite film in the the MCU so far? Uh, I don't know, it changes. Iron <laughs> Man 1 fairly consistently, it's always sort of up in the top, top yeah. three, probably. Uh, the first Thor film has crept up with every rewatch. Okay, I interesting. I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's underrated. Slightly, it's quite different, it's not really a superhero film. It's more like a kind of Shakespearean drama mm. with mm. flying people. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, See, Captain America 2 wasn't quite as good on the second watch, but still very good. Avengers, obviously good. I think the one at the moment I can probably, probably say isn't good is uh, Thor The Dark World. Yeah, and I, I think I we're going to... I still enjoy it, but it's, you know, if it was like a standalone film, it probably wouldn't be getting a sequel. But luckily it's part of the whole thing, so you can kind of yeah. overlook it. It gets away with it. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't keen on that. I don't think many many people were really. So um, okay, well looking looking to the future then. Are there any that you're in, you know looking forward to in particular? Um, I think all the new ones. I mean, I'm probably more excited about Ant Man than Avenger Two, just because of the concept. Okay, yeah. Like, Even with Edgar Wright on it now. Uh, yeah. Um, it was more the concept that that got me because it's presumably going to be partly set in the 60s and the 70s. Mm. The idea of like a legacy character, which they haven't done yet, which I think once they get that concept in, sort of into the MCU, it's going to be a lot easier for, you know, maybe Stark dies and War Machine takes over or Cap mm. dies and Bucky takes over. It's sort of the idea of passing on the the name, the mantle. 
So I yeah. think that might be important to kind of get that concept into the universe and then, because obviously they can't, they want to keep going to what, 2018, 2020, I'm sure they've got stuff beyond that. So eventually they're going to need so, yeah. to, yeah, they're going to need to sort of evolve and pass things on because you can't really reboot. So. <laughs> no. And I don't think recasting will work. You can get away with it. I suppose they got away with the Hulk, but I don't think you could do it with, you know, Tony Stark or something. Well, the problem is, of course, you know, time will have moved on in the films as well. So to keep the yeah. the characters forever young would just not fit, really, mm-hmm. like in comics, you know. But then I don't think they should do that if, you know, because they're bringing uh, Spider-Man, who presumably is going to be a kid. So it'd be mm. quite interesting to have a, you know, cocky little teenager up against a 50-something billionaire. You know, it's quite good <laughs> to get that kind of... You don't want everyone to be 30-something white no. scientists. You just you know, right. want to mix it up a bit. Yeah. Okay, then. So, um... I think that about wraps it up. So I'll just say thanks, uh, Leighton, for for appearing on the podcast. Um, sure, do you want to do you want to plug your your stuff again, just one last time? Uh, yeah, um, on Twitter I'm at Last Film Scene, which is spoiler free film reviews in a single tweet. And on Letterbox I'm uh, just Mook, which is M O K. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Is that dirty enough for you? Where Agent Coulson goes off to go and see Thor's hammer. Oh yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, so yeah. then you realise actually <laughs> this, is, this is all happening at the same time. The reason yeah. he leaves. So you see him leave in Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. and then he sort of reappears the next day in a completely different film so it all helps kind of connect it together. Yeah, they're very good at intertwining all these different, different stories. Yeah, there's it's, not it's pretty... too many sort of plot holes or cock-ups yet. They're doing quite well. I think you mentioned earlier the um, sort of the stuff that's killing uh, Tony Stark with like yeah. toxicity stuff. I didn't <laughs> really like that. I, you didn't? Not really. I didn't think it was really needed. There's enough stuff going on and then it's just sort of finished. Black Widow just comes and stabs him in the neck and it's like, oh, that's done. It's a bit yeah. kind of... Did it, or did it really add anything? Well, he just it, the, you have, it brings the montage segment, doesn't it? He has a montage yeah. where he creates a new element. And yeah, which is another yeah. slightly dodgy moment. I think, I guess that yeah. plot, that sort of scene, are the only two bits. I just think, no, this <laughs> really works. Yeah. But no, I'd agree, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could have had just a, a normal emotional, you know, fracture yeah. or sort of and introducing these kind of breakdowns. The stuff they expand on in Iron Man three when he's having um, these panic attacks and stuff. 
yeah, you know, just to I, gently feed that in rather than actual physical illness, you know. Yeah, or maybe done more of the um, alcoholic thing. Mm, yeah, is well, the demon in the of, bottles is a huge yeah, comment I mean, that story, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably a bit too full on for you know, sort of family friendly. Yeah, uh, blockbuster, it but <laughs> they kind they kind of touch on it a bit. The whole him blowing up melons at the party and so they and just like maybe the, the taking over the Formula One car as well at Monaco because he just yeah. uh, you know is seeking more thrills <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they could have done that more the um sort of him losing it rather than mm. the kind of silver lines climbing up his neck. Yeah. So how does Iron Man two fit in? To your opinion of the films as a whole, I mean, what's what's your favourite film in the the MCU so far? Uh, I don't know. It changes. <laughs> Iron Man one fairly consistently. It's always sort of up in the top, top yeah. three probably. Uh, the first Thor film has crept up with every rewatch. Okay, I interesting. I think that's um, yeah, I think that's underrated. Slightly, it's quite different. It's not really a superhero film. It's more like a kind of Shakespearean drama mm, with mm. flying people. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, see, Captain America 2 wasn't quite as good on the second watch, but still very good. Avengers, obviously good. I think one at the moment I can probably, probably say isn't good is uh, Thor The Dark World. Yeah, and I, I think I still, we're going to... I still enjoy it, but it's, you know, if it was like a standalone film... It probably wouldn't be getting a sequel, but luckily it's part of the whole thing, so you can kind of yeah. overlook it. It gets away with it. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't keen on that. I don't think many many people were really. So um, uh, okay, uh, well looking looking to the future then. Are there any that you're in, you know looking forward to in particular? Um, I think all the new ones. I mean, I'm probably more excited about Ant Man than Avenger Two, just because of the concept. Okay, yeah, like, even with Edgar Wright on it now. Uh, yeah, um, it was more the concept that, that got me because it's presumably going to be partly set in the 60s and the 70s. Mm. The idea of like a legacy character, which they haven't done yet, which I think once they get that concept in, uh, sort of into the MCU, it's going to be a lot easier for, you know, maybe Stark dies and War Machine takes over or Cap mm. dies and Bucky takes over. It's sort of the idea of passing on the, the name, the mantle. So yeah. I think that might be important kind of get that concept into the universe and then because obviously they can't they want to keep going to what 2018 2020 i'm sure they've got stuff beyond that so eventually they're gonna need to yeah they're gonna need to sort of evolve and pass things on because you can't really reboot so (laughs) no and i don't think recasting will work you can get away with it i suppose they got away with the hulk but i don't think you could do it with you know tony stark or something well, the problem is, of course, you know, time will have moved on in the films as well. So to keep the, yeah. the characters forever young would just not fit, really, mm-hmm. like in comics, you know. But then I don't think they should do that if, you know, because they're bringing uh, Spider-Man, who presumably is going to be a kid. So it would be mm. quite interesting to have a you know, cocky little teenager up against a 50-something billionaire. You know, it's quite <laughs> good to get that kind of, you don't want everyone to be 30-something white. Right.
Okay then, so um, I think that about wraps it up. So I'll just say thanks, uh, Leighton, for for appearing on the podcast. Um, sure, do you want to do you want to plug your your stuff again, just one last time? Uh, yeah, um, on Twitter I'm at Last Film Scene, which is spoiler free film reviews in a single tweet. And on Letterbox I'm uh, just Mook, which is M Double O K. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Is that dirty enough for you?